Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaos. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc. that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again on our episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to Horror on the Air Express in our Detour series. Uh, today, we have perhaps a bit of thievery going on. Our quote-unquote investigators, our criminals, our team of crack thieves are about to investigate a very deep, dark museum. But before we do that, uh, we'd like to thank all of our listeners and all of our Patreon supporters. We would also like to thank our members of the Patreon backer community, those who wield the hand of fate, who offered me several hands to play for this detour series, which the cast is only finding out about right now. And so we'd like to get to introductions. So to my right. Hi, this is Allie, and I am playing Rose DeTulio, and I am in a closet. You're in a closet. Hmm. Very interesting. I mean, it is the 20s. Uh, two roses for me. Hi, I'm Rena, and tonight I'm playing Dion Matteo. And uh, surprisingly, I have found a pillar big enough to hide me. Hmm. Yeah, it is kind of surprising, but uh, you did manage to sort of clutch yourself uh, as close as you can with your wide frame to behind a a sculpture, a statue, a column, perhaps you're mixed in between a tapestry or two. And the workers at the museum have somehow missed you at the end of the table. Hi, this is Giles and I'm playing Stefan Miller and I'm coming out of a closet to steal time. Hmm. Coming out of the closet this time. It's fantastic. We applaud you for that. Uh, To Mr. Miller's right. Hi, I'm Miranda, and I play Henrietta Miller, a.k.a. Etta Miller, and I find my sticky fingers stuck in a closet with my employer. You know, I'm glad that the two of you are getting so close. It's important for teamwork in all things. Uh, and last, but most certainly not least. I'm Martin, and I'm playing Maximilian Schwartz. He's playing dress-up at the minute. He's got his uh, war medic uniform, little first aid kit. And even a truncheon. Oh, and a flare gun. I, I, I'm sure that won't come in use. You've, you've armed yourself with, uh, with several items now that you seem to have collected from the museum's uh, coat check closet. Fantastic that someone left a flare gun. Uh, I'm sure that's just a complete coincidence. We return to our investigation, our, our thievery, as it were, in our D2 series tonight, where... The museum has grown rather cold, rather dark, as our team here is quietly and patiently waiting for all further living beings to have fled the museum. Fled's maybe a bit preemptive with that word. We'll say having left the museum. And now they stand alone in coat closets, in small corridors, 
in closeted places, waiting for the moment they can step out and get to work. And so, after about 15 minutes from closing, I would like listen rolls from my cast. My listen's actually pretty good. 28 under 60. This is a 47 over 35 for Etta. For Stephen, is 39 under 60. Max has the ears of a cat. Uh, he has a listen of 65 and rolls a 15. Blimey. Um, and I got a 33 under 50. Okay. So everybody passed in one form or another. Those of you who have hard successes, though, are far more certain than the members who did not. You are certain that the museum workers have left for the day. And you pick up on, the hard successes pick up on the sound of an auto or two driving away from the museum. And that sort of helps reinforce your idea that, okay, yeah, we're, we're, we're okay. People have left now. We've managed somehow to sneak our way into this facility, this museum, and now we can actually get to work. And so, I suppose I'll start uh, at the northern closeted area, and that would be with Etta and Rose, and allow the two of you the camera for a moment. What, what are your first steps? Do you think the coast is clear enough for us to sneak out? Well, I don't hear anything, so probably... I feel the need to mention this. There's an elevator. It doesn't go up. That would be convenient for a clock. But I, I, it, I am curious about what's in the basement. If we have some extra time, I may check that out. Well, if you decide to do that, don't go alone. But remember, the clock is our top priority. Everything else comes secondary. Sure. <laughs> then, then Henrietta will slowly you know, brace the door with one hand, slowly turn the knob with the other and start to push it open. Okay. You have to attempt to slip by Rose. There's only so much space here, but you get around her and slowly push open the door into a rather dark museum. The auditorium lights are off. Uh, the fireplace at the uh, far end has been snuffed. And uh, the curtains, which at one point were open to let in the sun from Milan, have been closed. And so, while not pitch dark yet, uh, you are in a different world, it seems. I take Rose's hand and help her out of the closet. The two of you come out of the closet together. I'm not sure where everyone else was going to hide. Probably not. Since I got a hard success on my listen, can I hear them whispering? <laughs> they're they're a little they're a little far away for for you, Dion. Um, but I, I, would I wasn't say, sure with Henrietta. Oh sure, uh, I would say that uh, you are close enough to likely hear that there is someone moving around a little bit to behind you and to the right. All right, so I'm gonna. Hope that it's my compatriots, but I'm starting to feel a little squished in here, and I'm not very good at standing still. 
So I'm just going to make my way out of this room as quietly as I possibly can without bumping into anything. Okay. Yeah, it's dark in here for sure. Um, but with careful movements, you are able to move around sculptures. It, again, it's not pitch black. And so you do get shapes. You get some, because the curtains don't cover all the light that is available, even though after seven o'clock now, it's it's relatively, the the sun has gone down. And so the available light has dimmed quite a bit. For our invest, investigators here, the important point here is Spot hidden rolls now are going to be at disadvantage, right? So that is something moving forward while you're in the dark, you'll have to take into account. Let's head upstairs. They'll, they'll probably meet us up there. Uh, Max, what uh, what is your plan now that you've redressed yourself as a medic from the war, complete with flare gun and first aid kit? And truncheon. Don't forget the truncheon. Oh, no, I won't. You never know when you need your truncheon. So... Max is very close to that painting that he saw when he came in, um, if I'm not very much mistaken. And oh, yes. Max knows that in the heat of, well, battle's probably not the right word, things can get forgotten. So he's going to quickly see if he can sort of just knife the painting out of the frame. Okay. So you move towards the painting, Dion, with your sort of perked up ears from before. You do hear, as you, as you pass from north to south, you do hear footsteps that go just in in this room here, close enough towards you, and you see a form go towards one of the, the paintings on the walls. And uh, Max, you take your knife out, and uh, you start working away at this painting. Why don't you give me a, a dex roll, and we'll see how well this goes for you. Yeah, I was going to say, this should be a fairly quick job, so he's going to use yeah. the frame itself as a guide for the knife, um, just so you can push against that without Certainly. having to sort of do some sort of free form thing. Max's dex, it's okay. It's slightly better than average. And that's an 89, so that's a, that's a fail. Okay, so you realize that, um, I, I should say to you, the player, Martin, you realize obviously a failure could, could spell a tragic end for your financial uh, mm. boon in the future. And so really you have only a couple of choices. One would be to, to spend luck to overcome the issue or as we would say, push the roll because your need for that sort of additional financial gain is is so great. My question to you is, which one will you do? So I think Max will probably sort of draw his knife and um, start to reach up to cut it and then realize that it's probably too high to, to get to and, and he might make a bit of a mess of it. So he's going to take the uh, the painting off the wall and and try again. You take the painting off the wall. This is something now, Dion, you're seeing. The figure goes to start in on one of these paintings. And and if you if you take a moment, you're fairly certain it's it's a man. It doesn't look like anybody that you stepped in here with, though. And so the first thing that happens in your chest is you think, oh, no. There's another person robbing this museum at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but more on that later. Uh, Max, let's have that roll then. And that's a success. 59 under 65. Uh, you take it down and you sort of brace it against your leg and you begin working the painting. Uh, and your successful push roll actually allows you a moment of insight. And that insight is that 
When you take the painting off the wall, instead of sawing the painting out like you were planning on doing, you begin removing the stapling on the back of the canvas with that knife. And the things just begin, they just, they come out really quickly. It allows you the same thing without having to cut the painting out of the frame. Perfect. Perfect. And how big is the painting in the frame? Yeah. Well, I would say inside the frame is probably about meter and a half by maybe meter and a half wide by maybe about about two meters tall. That's an irritatingly large painting. Sorry, it's not careful and simple to steal, but I'm sure that the painter appreciates your hmm. care that you've taken with the, the knife there. <laughs> um, so, Dion, you, you see a thief in the museum stealing paintings. Hmm. I don't suppose I have a torch. Um, you might. I guess the question... I would say, uh, I would rule then, um, given your profession, mm-hmm. you likely have a small torch, yes? Case. So I'm going to turn the torch on so that the person's spotlighted. She's like, excuse me, what are you doing? You get hit with a light, Maximilian. You get hit with a light in your area. Ah, thank you. That's useful. You're Max's voice. Max? Yes, who did you expect? What are you wearing? It does not suit you at all. Well, I thought if we get caught, um, it's certainly going to be a topic of conversation, isn't it? Sacre bleu. Germans. Hurry up. I'm not a German. I've told you a thousand times before I'm Austrian. Same thing. We speak the same language, but we're not German. Austrian, German, you are all the same people to me. You all wear terrible suits. I'd expect nothing less from a Belgian. (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) So, Etta and Rose, you have left the closet together and are now tiptoeing your way through the museum. Are you aiming your steps towards the nearby staircase? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I still have Rose's hand in my hand. Oh, are you leading the way? Yes, I am. Okay. I'm kind of like dragging Rose upstairs. Oh, okay. It's reasonable that I have a handbag. Yeah, I would say so. Is it reasonable, dear keeper, that I have a torch in said handbag? I think it is reasonable. Yes. I mean, where else would you store a torch? The patriarchy has taken all of your pockets, so you must have a handbag. That's the way this, 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 no, it's not, I'm just kidding. Um, actually, I'm not, but. Yes, it is reasonable for you to both have a handbag and reasonable for you to have a torch in said handbag. Okay, perfect. Because I'm going to turn that on so we can see where we're going. Oh, wow. Okay, so there's a light that comes uh, comes on here in the stairway. Uh, so I'll, I will allow you to begin proceeding up the staircase. Um, to the other miller who is uh, hanging out in uh, the southern closet there. what uh, What's your move, sir? Well, first, uh, Stefan's going to exit the closet quietly and look for any guards, if there's any still on the premises, night guards. You haven't seen any yet. And he's going to head over towards the stairs up to the second floor, but quietly 
because he remembers the guard there before and he's wondering if there's still one there. Okay, so you're going to head through the museum, through the courtyard, into the doors here towards the stairs that lead to the upstairs. Okay, so a couple of things. I am going to give you a listen roll and I'm also going to give Dion a listen roll. Oh my. 49 under 60. 51 under 60. So you both hear the wind pass through some of the doors here as they open and close. Uh, You notice this first, Stefan, as you're moving through the main building into the courtyard, that when you open the door, there's a, an airflow change in the museum. And there's almost this increased rushing wind that happens when you do so. You didn't notice it during the day and you passed through this exact door before. Uh, And for you, Deanne, while you're standing next to Maxwell, he's making short work of the back of this painting. What you hear is the front door that is just just a a little bit away. You hear it open. And you hear it open because there's a bell. You hear someone walk through the front door. Yes! Max, someone is coming. Oh, shit. You are the master of understatement as usual. How far through this painting is Max? Uh, you're mo- you're most of the way through. Uh, you've made quick, pretty quick work of it with the push roll. Um, the the question will be is, what do you do with the frame? Obviously. Well, if the painting's out of it, he'll pop it back on the wall again. Okay. Assuming that's an easy thing to do. Yep, absolutely. So. With the two of you in that hallway space here, Max and Dion, you notice a flashlight light up and appears right about here. It's dim. Mm, Is it sort of pointing? uh, The map says there's a door there. So is the door closed and we can sort of see that there's light in the general area or would we suspect? There is a door there. It's Dion went through it, so it would be closed, but you see the light at the lower edge of the doorway so Max will just sort of put his hand on uh, Dion and sort of indicate we should go round the the wall there try and navigate Dion round it and he's going to pull his truncheon out fine don't expect me to hit him in the head again no it's fine not very good at such things I've got this one Looking looking at my torch stay quiet so the light fades in the doorway area. Oh, they've gone, I think. Give it a moment, just to be sure. Absolutely. Perhaps uh, security? No? Hmm. Don't know. bit soon after closing time for someone to come back again, if you ask me, but... Uh... You hear a whistle. Both of you in your corner area hear a whistle. Someone, someone whistles, like with their mouth. Oh, I am an excellent whistler. Maybe they're looking for a dog or something. I was not told that there would be dogs. No. Might have bought a bone or something. There's another whistle. Just shh. Maybe someone lost their dog and security is looking for it. Yes. So we'll flash the camera to Etta and Rose as they turn towards going up to the second floor. Stefan, that's something that you see. You see two of your fellow teammates 
continuing up the stairs. One of them is your sister. Do I hear the whistle as well? Oh, yeah. I am going to duck into the shadows in the courtyard. I'm going to stealth at this point because whoever's whistling is probably not one of us. That is a shitty job of stealth. Um, Realizing that I'm in the open, I'm going to push the roll. I'm going to try and duck back inside and head back to the area near the closet, but away from everyone else. That's a 33. Under 55. Yep. So you have to duck back in and get cover. That's one of the things that you need to do. You hear the padded feet of a dog moving around. You can hear someone speaking Italian to an animal. You can tell it's an animal because there's, you know, yips and panting and and you see a light coming through in this space here right by the door you're at it's very faint but you know that someone's close I'm gonna start moving stealthily away from that area probably heading north okay so into more of the exposition space or would you be going back out into the courtyard to try to flee courtyard towards the auditorium okay you you go one way quietly you realize that there's likely a dog and you turn around and head back out Dion and Max having um, holed up here in this section of the cl- main collection that light never comes back under that door very brightly it's not yet so what if any movements are you taking or changing I think we should go. Yeah, there's a storage cupboard I hid in. Um, when the thing closed, I think that would be a safe place. To what? I'll hide. But we have to steal some things. If we hide all the time, we do not get the things. If we do not get the things, we don't get the money. Do you not see how this works, Max? Well, I do, but we have all evening, and uh, for the sake of another ten minutes, I think it would be uh, wise. The light is not coming back. Not at the minute, it isn't. I mean, how do we know it's not gone up to the first floor or the second floor? Okay, we wait for ten minutes. Let's go. Uh, You hear the far door open and the light gets very bright. So Max will navigate Dion to this sort of position. So we're going to hopefully sort of edge our bets here, assuming that Dion wants to come with Max. (laughs) If, If the light gets brighter... Max will try and sort of go south. You're not really Dion's type, but okay. Mm. <laughs> the light does get brighter. Uh, it's shining into this space now. So at an appropriate moment, Max will try and sort of sneak out of the top bit there when the person's obviously looking that way. Yeah, stealth rolls from the both of you, please. Mm. <laughs> stealth is no good. Nope. I'm going to go for the lucky green dice. <laughs> I'm not spending all of my luck to pass this because I'll need it later. No. Okay. You you get around this corner, Max, and Dion is just a little bit behind you. And when you do, uh, a flashlight from this position illuminates your space 
and you hear someone say, you there, stop. And so now I'm going to ask what your dexterity is. Oh no, 65. Mm -hmm. 40. I am a big man, not a dexterous one. That's okay. Max, you're going to go first. Excellent. You have initiative. There is a a figure, a male figure, you believe, behind a torch. And that torch is pointed right at you. This person has told you to stop. Max will say, um, Max doesn't actually speak any Italian, which is an issue. What language is this guy using? I mean, it's probably Italian, but the word, the word, in, I, I'm, I would assume that having been in Milan for a couple of days, you would have heard someone say stop. You would know what he's saying. Well, he's not going to be able to have a particularly sensible conversation with him, so maybe he speaks truncheon better. So Max is going to uh, attempt to strike the man with the uh, with the truncheon. All right. So you uh, step over very quickly, wielding the truncheon, and uh, that's fighting Brawlser. Hmm. Max has some excellent social skills, but unfortunately, if you don't speak the language, it can't really be that charming. That's a 56, which is... Oh, Max isn't a fighter, apparently. Uh, 25. (laughs) That's fantastic. (laughs) Uh, You swing, and when you swing, you swing high, and this gentleman ducks. Oh! (laughs) Um, And so... He's uh, on his action. He is going to do the same to you. He is going to attempt to um, accost you, but this without a truncheon. This is just his fist. He wants to know what the hell you're doing. And, but first, he wants to punch you in the teeth for trying to swing on him. Mm-hmm. It's fair. Well, he's terrible at that. Uh, so he uh, takes a swipe at you and um, you very carefully get out of the way before he can connect. And Dion. I suppose I'm considering I'm continuing this Three Stooges party by attempting to hit him with my flashlight with my fighting brawl of 35. Go for it. <laughs> mm. Ooh. Cuz the the flashlight's fighting brawl, right? Yeah. 34. Okay. Under 35. Huzzah. So we'll treat it like a club because I think that that is both reasonable and mm-hmm. roughly accurate given it's Given its makeup is metal, though, so... Oh, no. Do we want it to do any extra damage? 1d8? Yeah, I mean, it could. Could, yeah. Let's see here. Of course, they don't... They wouldn't They wouldn't dare give me a, a listing for something like that. I'm going to say that it's... I'm going to say it's d6 plus damage okay. bonus if, if Dion has any. Um, let me check. Yes, plus 1d4. Ooh, d6 plus d4. Oh, boy. Eight. Okay. Uh, So while you're busily getting out of the way, Max, of this guard trying to uh, completely make a mess of your face, Dion, as a massive shadowy object, appears at your right-hand side and comes down very hard on the back of this man's neck with a a torch. And there's a, a impact and then the sound of his body falling onto the ground. Huh. That was um, fine work. Did not mean to hit him so hard. Yes. 
I shall be careful. Well, we should go. Yes, let me just finish this painting and then we can... Um... Uh, do you want a time-up or something? Is is he dead? Check his pulse, is he dead? Are you going to check? Yes. Check his pulse. He, he's, he does not have uh, much of a pulse at all. Okay, I will try first aid. Go ahead. Dion doesn't like killing, but he's also not very good at first aid. Have you killed him? Oh, 26 under 30. 26 under 30. Okay. Yeah, he appears to be uh, unconscious now. (sighs) You may have saved him from certain death. I reflexively cross myself and then cross him. And then I push him behind some statues so he's out of the way. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Push him into the back here. Do not make me hit them again. I'm not good with the the physical things, Max. Mm, you seem perfectly capable to me, but um, if you insist. Okay, what now, gentlemen? You're the German one. You are supposed to be starting all the fights. Come along. Although I suppose you're not very good at finishing them. I'm going to finish this painting, though. Um, why do you tie him up? I mean, what if he was to come, you know, wake up or... Oh, fine. Tie him up with a handkerchief or something. Okay. You can sort of meekly tie him up with something that you have. Um, Muttering in French. A lot of invectives. Why don't you give me a um, a spot hidden roll at disadvantage? Ah, uh, okay. Because it's dark. Yeah. Although you have a torch if you care to try to turn mm-hmm. it on. Okay. <laughs> My bloody torch. Yeah. Well, I'd have to have it on to tie him up, wouldn't I? Yep. So I'll give so, you a, just a standard spot hidden roll. Okay. You would have My spot it. hidden is 66. And I rolled a 56. Uh, you notice this, this man has a ring of keys on his belt. Oh, well, that is handy. And he also has a revolver. Just never oh, got I'm to take, it. Taking that. Don't want an armed guard around here if he wakes up. No, no, no. Mm. Max, I have keys. Ah, brilliant. All right, so we flash to South, or to uh, Stefan, as he's uh, making his way back in to the courtyard. Um, You hear a bark from the area that you just came to, came from. Okay, can Stefan sprint up the stairs to the next floor? Certainly, certainly. All right, I'm going to do that. You sprint. I will place you upstairs. After a moment or two. Uh, so, ladies on the first floor, that would be Etta and Rose. Tell me, ladies, what are we doing when we're up here? Well, the clock is the next floor up, correct? It is. Presumably. Yeah, just, we have not reached that floor yet. You have not, because in the past that you've come here, um, the there has been a, a chain at the bottom of the stairs. And then normally there is a person. Well, no chain is going to stop us now. Well, that is mostly true. Mostly true. (laughs) But you'll never break the chain, right? (laughs) We will attempt to circumvent the chain. Okay. (laughs) So you head up to the uh, second floor. Mm -hmm. And you get to the stairway where there is door at the top of the stairs. I try to open the door. It is locked. I try to pick the lock. Okay. 
I was born for this. Were you? I was written on paper for this. Oh, right. There you go. I'm holding the flashlight so that she can see what she's doing. I will let go of Rose's hand because it will take two hands for me to get my lock picking tools out and then presumably two hands also to pick the lock. It'll get dark and I don't want us to get separated. Sure. <laughs> okay, so that is a 43 under 45. Okay, so that's a success. Now Girls the question are barely is, squeaking by here. You begin picking the lock. Uh, it is... It's a challenging pick, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. You hear the tumblers, you hear all of the fine detail work that she's doing, Rose. And I'd like you, while while Edda's focus is squarely on the lock, I would like you to make me a listen roll, Rose. So, I'm going to have to push that because I got a 98. What's your, well, hang on. What is your listen? 60. Okay, so it's not a fumble. That's good. Because it could have been, remember? Yeah. Make sure our skill rolls are higher than 50. So you can push the roll if you'd like. I would just say that you hear a, sounds like maybe thunder outside. You're not, you're not certain. Maybe a storm has come to Milan. If you'd like to push for more information, you can. Uh, yeah, I'm going to push for more information. Okay. Oh, that's much better. 16. So it isn't thunder outside. You think it's thunder inside. Like maybe the lift is being used or maybe somebody downstairs is moving something very heavy. But there's definitely some sort of rumble inside this museum. And then you sort of wonder, shit, what else did they get into? Yeah, see, this is why we needed to go back to a one location to reform a plan. It's gone to hell already. Welcome to Call of Cthulhu. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. So it takes you about three to five minutes on a standard success edit to pick this lock. It is somewhat complex. And in that time, situation downstairs with Dion and Max has resolved. And your brother has joined you on the staircase comes moving up the staircase at quite a hustle. And by the time he hits the landing just below you, the last tumbler falls in a line and you are able to open the door. Nice. Oh, joining us now, brother? They have dogs. Oh. They brought one back already? Two? One? I'm not sure how many. Someone's already encountered them. Probably Dion. I'm sure they'll be making their way up here. Why don't we... Oh, Dion and Max, that is. Why don't we sneak in and close the store behind us? Good idea. Slip into the second floor. You enter the space. You going in first, Etta? Yeah, probably. It's a good thing I'm in the back holding the flashlight so you can see where you're going. That's right. Uh, so you slip into the main space here and you see a lot of aquatic features. There's a small fountain in the main space here. There are large collections of seashells, artistic pieces. There's tons of stuff here that has been themed to make this feel like you're under the sea. 
Why would a clock need to be in this kind of exhibit? Strange. You continue to get deeper into the space and you see that there is a large painting on the wall that's been brought out and hung and it looks like it's Neptune. And the painting of Neptune is very striking. It is painted in a fashion where as you move about the space, Neptune's gaze never leaves you. And it's it's a little bit haunting in the darkness here, just the torchlight. There's almost a, a shimmer pattern that's been painted into the scale work on the Neptune's lower form here. It's just a little covered by the rocks and the spray of ocean waves nearby. But he holds aloft his trident in a very victorious pose. But his eyes never stop watching. Max, Dion, what's your play? After uh, rescuing a revolver and a set of keys from this uh, man you've downed. And a painting from the wall. Wow. Guy's got to eat. Max, uh, we should uh, find the others upstairs. No? Yes, let me just, just roll this up. I won't be a second. Max will just roll the painting up. Yep. Yep. You roll the painting up. I expect a cut from that considering, uh, and I just gesture with my thumb back towards the body. Yes, fair enough. Fair enough. You gesture with your thumb back towards the body and holding your torch in the other hand, you realize that your right hand now is a little covered in that man's blood. It has gotten onto the torch (laughs) and onto you. I will need a new suit. Come on then, Let's, let's go upstairs. Let's get this clock, whatever the hell it is. You head out into the courtyard because it's the only way to get to the auditorium where the stairs are. Okay. So you head out here, the both of you, into the courtyard and begin to duck around this space here. And as you do so, you see the head of a dog appear here at the far door. The door to the uh, exposition space. Now, it is dark. So that is something to keep in mind. And distance-wise, it's probably about 10, 15 yards. So you are not immediately made by the dog. But this dog is going to get a real good view of you in short order. Unless you choose to make yourself scarce. So my question to Max and Dion is this. Mm -hmm. What's your next move? Go back around the other direction. Back towards the way you came? Yes, because there's like this big circular thing that we can go around. Mm-hmm. So instead of going straight forward, just double yeah. back and go around the other way. Can we not go through like these doors here? This one here? You could. It's locked. You'd have to You'd have to find a way to get through it. Hmm. You could, if you were very quick, attempt to get through that door. What do you think? Do you actually have skill? In picking a lock. No, but you've got a big bunch of keys. How much time do I think we have looking at the dog before the dog comes over? Because I'm going to have to try several keys probably to figure out which one fits. You're not real sure, but thinking about it isn't going to get you there any closer. 
<sighs> I'll try a key, and if it doesn't work, we'll go around the other way. Also, I will, will totally give Max five points of luck for remembering that you have a set of keys on you. <laughs> <laughs> Super helpful. Okay, so uh, I would like, given that there are, let's say there's a D6 keys on the ring, given that there are six keys on the ring, we will of give you a luck roll mm-hmm. to see if you pick the right one. Yeah, with my 45 luck. Let's see how this goes. It's better than a D6. <laughs> 85. Nope. Okay. So you, for that, that first one you try, you turn it and it doesn't work. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give the dog a spot hidden roll. And every spot hidden roll, it fails. You'll get another chance to, to choose a key. <laughs> I say it fails because it could potentially succeed. So, uh, so far after your first key try, it has not noticed you. Okay, so another luck roll. Mm-hmm. 55, nope. Okay. You do not notice it then. Oh, that is very close to its spot hidden, but not close enough. You'll get one more attempt. Here we go. It's got to work sometime, right? 22. Ah, that's the key. Unlock the door. Grab Max and drag him in. <laughs> you grab him and, and drag him in. And uh, Max, since you're last through the door, are you attempting to get the door to soft close? Or are you just going to go through? Mm, soft close. All right. You soft close the door. You hear a couple of barks from the courtyard. Hmm. Right, come on then, let's get up those stairs. You get up the stairs and leave the ground floor behind. So I would ask, are either of you stopping at the first floor, or are you going to continue up to the second? For coffee and donuts or something, or...? <laughs> we, we know the clock's on the second floor, right? So I don't see any reason why we would stop. Okay. You're fairly certain the fairly certain that the clock is on from from the information rose gave us we're fairly certain it's up there so i don't see why we would stop especially knowing there's people in the building mm. and the dogs so dion would be of the mind to go as quickly as possible get to the objective okay so at this point uh henrietta rose and stefan you've had a chance to look around some of the second floor here the main portion of this walkway beyond of course the Neptune painting is a series of aquatic pieces so whether they be the ocean waves or whether they be underwater paintings from any number of exhibits previously they're they're basically that is the theme of what's here and some of these paintings are quite frankly they're they're fantastic uh, some of them are a little strange they range in size from full gallery style paintings to something that's a little bit smaller to even something smaller that's no bigger than say a pocketbook but you all pick up on the footsteps of people coming up the stairs and I'm going to assume that Dion is going to be using the flashlight that he has yes? Oh yes okay so you would also see light beginning to enter this portion of the museum as well quick turn out, turn out the light we don't know who's coming up I turn off my flashlight just in case. 
<laughs> we all turn off our flashlights. It suddenly gets really dark in here. <laughs> okay, but but th- this is going to sound silly, but when they turn their flashlight off, I turn mine back on because the fact that they turned it off means they're not security because security would not turn their lights off. Right. So. <laughs> it works out in a few seconds, although there is a little trepidation, but eventually the five of you are in the same room. Oh, glad to see you all made it up here. There was a security downstairs. He is, uh, my English is not so good, uh, undisposed. Yes, you made short work of them, didn't you? It was a, it was a good job. Yeah, you, you see in the torchlight, Dion has some blood on the front of his shirt <laughs> and, and on his right hand where he's holding the flashlight. He is, uh, he is n- not dead. It is fine. Not we dead. Should, we should hurry. Not dead. Yeah. I I checked the uh, the breathing. He's not dead. That might have been easier. Uh, there's a dog down there, right? Yeah. We is uh, strange, but uh, eh, who knows what the Italians know? Oh, we have guard dogs too. Fantastic. So uh, we should uh, make the quick work. No, go go. Sure. Yeah, let. Do I notice that Max has stolen a painting and is, like, carting this thing around also? Mm, that's a good question. I, I suppose Max would have rolled it up, and so it looks like maybe he's got a traveler's map under his hands. You're not really sure if it's a painting. But it's big enough to be noticeable. Oh, yes. Great. He's just sightseeing. Yeah. Even though I know he didn't come in with that. Hey, Mike, are there windows on this level? Uh, there are. So there are two that you see re- readily, very large. One big one, one set of uh, big ones to the east and then big ones to the south. And they have latches or are they nailed shut like the others? Oh, these have latches. Uh, you don't see any nails driven into them. How about uh, we exit through the windows? If you propose that we can lower something in the realm of 25 kilos of gold down there safely without making a lot of noise, sure. 25 kilos is about 60 pounds. Yes, we can do this. Um, the one thing I think I would have, since I mentioned at the beginning, I do have a, a coil of rope, correct? Yep, you do. I will go ahead and check the latches for any alarms or anything on them whatsoever. Why don't you give me a spot hidden roll at disadvantage? First is a 47. Second is a 27, both under 60. Fantastic. Uh, so you notice that at both big sets of windows, there is a obvious, rather obvious wire and small circular device at the top of the windows that runs up and onto the ceiling. And so your deepest concern is that they have some sort of alarm that is wired to these two big windows. Do I know if Henrietta has skill with this or anyone else? Uh, so technically, this would be, I imagine, electronics or electric repair. It's circuitry, uh, even even if it is fairly mundane. So yeah, you would you'd need somebody who has electrical repair or something like that. Now you know that your sister does dabble a bit, a, a bit. In electrical repair. Do you know Henrietta spends approximately 25% of her time doing (laughs) small electrical repair jobs? Etta, look here. Do you see the wires? I think we have alarms here. 
Is this something oh. that you can take care of? I can certainly try. Either way, it'll be fun. You do that. Let's find this clock. I don't like being here. Why did it have to be dogs? Okay, so who is going to search for the clock? Dion. Me. I'm, I'm searching for the clock. I guess everybody but Etta and Max at this point. All right, so we'll put Etta and Max each by a, a window or together at a window. Mm-hmm. I'm wherever these wires are. Okay, so you're you're at you're at here at the uh, western one. Sorry, Max, are you going to be searching for the clock as well? I think Max will will try and search for the clock. Okay, awesome. He he's going to deposit the painting by the stairs. That's fair. Okay. Perfect. You deposit it at the stairs. Uh, so I'm going to want, uh, let's see here. It's going to have to be a light near Etta. And there'll have to be one basically where whoever's searching. So how are you, how are you divvying up your torches? Well, I'm hanging on to mine. Certainly. How many do we have in total? If any of the perpetrators would care to grow a, uh, a torch out of thin air, you may spend five luck for it. I'll happily hand you one. Max will spend his, his luck. Oh, just your luck gift on a torch? Yeah. Very well. So Max has a torch. We'll give you a little yellow circle. We know Rose has one. She said she's not giving it up. And then we know Dion has one because he bludgeoned someone to death with it. He's not dead. I took the time to make sure he was not dead. Not dead, slightly slightly alive. alive. (laughs) (laughs) Great minds. Uh, Dion is not giving up his torch because it's covered in blood. Um... And one, he doesn't want to distress the ladies with it. And two, uh, he also doesn't want to implicate anyone else in it in case they get in trouble. So very well. All right. So between Stefan and uh, Etta, which one of you has a torch? Because Rose had the one that you and Etta were using earlier. Mm-hmm. I suppose I will spend five luck on a torch. Fantastic. You and I'm going to hold it in my mouth seductively while I work these wires. <laughs> Duly noted. You, <laughs> um, you. Seduct- seductively mouth the torch while you work on the wires. Uh, it's, um, it's really something. It's um, Gives Dion some inappropriate thoughts. Luckily, he's in a hallway. He's not seeing this. The only one that has to endure this is your brother. And so we've quickly <laughs> landed in the Game of Thrones portion of our episode. <laughs> I don't do it seductively for anyone but myself. You su- makes me feel pa- makes me feel powerful. You, you successfully seduce yourself. Very good. Thank you. Uh, so I would like a um, electrical roll, electrical repair roll, I suppose, an attempt to deal with the alarm wires here. Okay, well, fuck those dice because they have not been great. So I'm just going to grab two fresh, hot, fresh new dice. Hot and fresh. Bam, bam. Fuck these dice, too. Uh, 94. Ooh, okay. Over 25. So that is a fumble because your skill is uh, not over 50. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're going through and you're, you're having to keep an eye on the, the wires. The torch is moving back and forth. <laughs> and it's just really distracting. And you, you try to get these wires in place and... You try to get them set, and when you do, you 
you put a little too much weight on them and you yank the entire thing off the plaster of the wall. And in doing so, a bell down below begins ringing. Whoops. I should have focused less on the flashlight. While that is happening, Dion, Max, and Rose have moved in sort of in, into the next area here. And this this central core area of the Atlantis exhibit. And there are a couple of galleries inside here what one could walk around in. Uh, and so given that you have torches, I'll have spot hidden rolls as you begin to explore this area. The gallery in this section is filled with several statues. Some of them are floor statues. Some of them are mounted on mantles alongside. Most of them are aquatic in nature. So any types of fish, uh, there are some octopi in here. And there are a series of strange aquatic creatures that are lined up along the long section of this internal gallery wall here. They're about three feet high. They have large, bulbous eyes, almost frog-like. And then they have a deep, thick series of spines that run down the center of their neck and back. And if you'd like to find something else, let me know what you get. I got a 26 under 66. All right. Max succeeds. Very good. Rose? 22 under 70. Okay. So... In this area, Max, you're continuing to see a few things, mostly the statues that you think you can probably pocket. There are a few. And uh, Dion and Rose, you come to this central fireplace where these huddled statues are somewhat near. And you notice that there's moisture on the statue. Like maybe there's an issue with the roof. Maybe there's a leak. You shine your flashlight up a little bit. You don't, I mean, it's a little darker there, but some of these statues here have maybe some sort of moisture. You can, you can tell there's a tiny rivulet of water that runs down one of their backs. Can I touch it? If you'd like to. <laughs> I want to touch it. You reach out and slowly touch the statue. You get a, you get that feeling of moisture on your fingertips. That is odd. Must be part of the feature. The wooden did uh, damage the water on the the, the rocks, uh, the statue things. Maybe it could be a fountain. This isn't what we're here for. <laughs> you don't see a spout on any of them. Would Max recognize any of these creepy-looking fish things? He. He's used to sort of creepy-looking stuff. Mm, I mean, let's see here. Let me see what... Maximilian has several skills. He does. He does. He's a little bit of a cult. Yeah, he does. Why don't you give me an occult role, sir? Yeah. I mean, maybe nothing nothing to this at all, or... Ah... He might roll a zero four. Ooh. So after a bit of study here, just standing back with all of the additional light, you think that these might be Atlanteans. Yes, yes, Atlanteans. These are uh, reconstructions. They're, they're sculptures of um, 
people that were supposedly uh, took took up residence under Atlantis. Hmm. This could be quite valuable. I mean, Running impossible to probably move, but... Mm. Well, uh, interesting statues, he says. Um, well, come on then, let's, let's find this blasted clock. And an alarm bell goes off. Oh, not again. So, uh, Etta and Stefan. Stefan, you, you watch your sister accidentally yank an alarm wire out. You know she doesn't mean to. She collapses onto the floor and, uh, it's just not. It's not good. Whoops. Better. We've got. We've got to be ready to get out of here. We yeah. No. Shit. <laughs> Let's find the clock. You go help the others find the clock. I'm going to go ahead and open the windows and get the uh, pulley ready, and I'll keep an eye on the stairs. And I, Stefan draws out a pistol. Oop! Gunplay has arrived. I rush to go try to find the clock. You rush. You rush in here, um, you can all see that there are a couple of pathways out of this main entrance now, or this main section of the gallery that you've you present in. There's, these are all shut doors, by the way. But as your torches sort of play over the walls and the doors in here, you can tell that this main door here is adorned with marble on the outside of it. And it plays between a couple of different colors. Blues. There's almost this... Um, inner gold etching that gets done on some of the marble work here. It's it's absolutely beautiful. It looks like you're standing underneath water while you sit outside of this door. Right. Enter the door. Um, you can go to the door. Um, I would like to try to enter the door. The door <laughs> holds fast. Fancy things long. are behind fancy doors. I mean, that's been your experience this entire time. And even if the clock's not back here, there's probably something pretty pricey. Can I try to get the door open? You can. That would be a uh, putting uh, putting your fingers to work on another lock. Mm-hmm. It's an 86 over 45. Okay. So, simple failure. Uh, you spend a few minutes and you have a really tough time unlocking this door. Can I push the roll? You could. You could tell your keeper in which way you want to push it. I Something is not working with uh, either. I'm, I'm, I'm bumbling around. That alarm is going off. It's very distracting. Something's not working. So I pull my lucky hairpin out and try to see if I can use that. I've used it ever since I was a kid to Jimmy Locks. And so it's it's kind of worn around the edges and I use that. Fantastic. Go right ahead. I roll a three. Uh, your steadfast lifelong trick works yet again. The hairpin is the exact angle that you need on a couple of these tumblers, and you finally get the lock pullover, probably likely right as Dion is going through the ring of keys that he has trying to figure out which one might fit this door. But no, no matter. Uh, the, the lock does give way and you open and when it opens it opens to a room that is bathed in gold and blue and so all of the picture frames in here have a beautiful gold or brass coloring to them the 
wallpaper here is a, an off blue, an ocean blue almost, maybe an ocean at at, uh, at dawn. And at the far end of the room, there is a beautiful fireplace. And atop that fireplace, there is a clock flanked by two golden griffins and uh, a thick base that they all sit on. And it, it, the image of this just draws you in and you feel that inner need, the thing that makes you, the thing that makes you a thief comes alive. It is the object of your adoration and you must have it. Oh no, 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 you are not. Yeah. I would like to take my flashlight and out from the door, flash it five times to see if it'll get some anyone's attention. I don't want to like shout out, but I will f- flash my flashlight hoping someone sees it. Okay. Oh yeah, no, I'll definitely see it. Yep. So people people hear the lock uh in the in that the lock to that room. You hear the tumble, you hear her open the door. That's unmistakable. Even over the alarm buzzing, which is not a constant thing, it's more of an in and out in and out in and out. It's an, it's an alternating current, it seems. What do you want? Cat got your tongue? You hear the alarm bells. Hurry up. The, the clock's over here. I found the clock. Okay. So are you going to head in? Yes. Okay. Uh, so I want to know, Stefan, how are you going to prepare your winch pulley system? <laughs> your, your system of egress. How will you be setting that up? What I have is I have a, uh, a pulley that I can brace against the window. So when I'm running the rope down, it's not r- cutting it directly against the window frame, which would fray the rope. So I walk that into place at the base and I have the rope ready. I'm going to have to attach it to the clock. I probably also want to run someone down first to wherever it's going to be, whether it's the ground floor or the first floor veranda so they can receive the package. And otherwise, I've prepped it, and I'm just waiting on the others to go ahead and get back to me. All right, so here's what I'd like you to do. I would like you to give me a climb roll in your setup, and if you're successful, it will aid as advantage to other people using the rope. That's a 38 under 60. Would it benefit me to spend the luck to make that hard? Sure. I spend eight luck to make that a hard success. All right, so what I'll rule is, since you've rolled a hard success on the setup of that rope, Anyone using the rope gets advantage, and any potential roll that might become hard is made as a simple pass or fail roll. So you set you set yourself up as as well as you possibly can. Etta, you enter the room to go after the statue. Piece, as it were, the clock. I indeed do. It is not a very large room, and so probably only two or three of you could fit in here at one time. Are, is anyone else heading in? Are you going to have Etta He-Man it by, by herself? Um, Maxwell, as long as nobody else is interested in going in. Is Dion with the group? Mm-hmm. Well, then I'm a firm believer in that Dion and Max should be lifting it, given that it is going to weigh, you know, 25 kilos, approximately 60 pounds. They'll have an easier time lifting it than... Uh, Etta and Rosewell, that's for sure. Yeah. So it's not just the weight, keep that in mind. It is the mm. weight of the object at five feet off the ground. 
And so when when you're lifting something like that, it's a lot. It's a lot different. You're having to lift it off a mantle. Eddie, you get in there and you get your hands near it. Are you trying to pull it down off the mantle? Oh yeah. Okay. So when you get your your hands around each of these griffins on the, the left and the right hand side, you pull on this and you realize that it is way heavier than twenty five kilos. Uh oh. It might be twice as heavy. I'm gonna need some help in here. Max, make yourself useful. And I'm gonna oh. go over and help Edda as well. You guys pile in here. Um, so with the three of you, what I would like, whomever has the highest strength score. Mine's 65. Uh, Max has got a strength of AC. So it's Max then. So Max, if you would give me a strength roll, you will likely do the lion's share of the work here. Oh, guess what the roll was. What's that? Well, it wasn't a fumble. It was 94. Okay, uh, so you begin to pull this off the mantelpiece and you realize it's a little bit heavier than you thought. And so either you can push the roll or you can hope that the rest of your um, perpetrators will be able to assist you with strength roll. I think Max will readjust his weight slightly and yeah, he'll push the roll. You can assist as well, Dion. Well, I'm assisting. Hang on. Uh, Well, the 10s die hit 40, and the other one's on the floor. Yeah, so at worst, you have a success. Yeah. Go ahead, Dion. 37 under 65. Okay. Yeah, between the two of you, you get it off the mantle. Uh, It is something that you can hold if that's what you want. Uh, It won't do you really any good getting to it, leaving it to ground. You'll have to pick it back up again. And so Max sort of works as the central anchor point. And between Dion uh, and and you, you begin to move it out of the room. That's the goal. So, Rose, while you're standing outside uh, watching your team of perpetrators do what they need to do, uh, I would like you to make me a listen room. Um, 18, so a regular success. No, sorry, that's a hard success. I can math, I swear. (laughs) You begin to hear that rumble again. And this time it comes not from below you. It comes from behind you. The rumble picks up to the point where it catches enough of your auditory attention over the alarm bell buzzing, over the, the rather carnival situation in front of you with the clock it seems to be coming from directly behind you what's directly behind me keeper michael directly behind you is the gallery where those three statues sit the the ones of those strange aquatic creatures you turn and look at them Uh, yeah you notice that they they have not moved in any way shape or form which is good because they're they're sculptures. That's that's really good. You notice that their bodies are a little bit moister than they were before. The shoulders and down the front of their powerfully built scaled chest, there's almost weeping moisture. 
And right above the middle one, there's a beautiful painting of an underwater scene with a school of fish that seems to be going up from from left to right underneath on a, a, a moonlit ocean. As that rumble continues, and as your eyes are transfixed on these statues, you watch the waves grow in that picture. A wash from left to right, the ocean begins to move. It continues to move. And then it becomes a ripple on the painting as a long and distended hand reaches out. And then a foot on the body of a bulky, disgusting creature steps out. Its hulked form covered with a heavy, almost chitinous skin. Its head sits atop a pair of thick shoulders with almost no neck. There are very few, if any, shapes above its forehead. Hairless, eyeless, yet packing a massive row of teeth. It growls as it steps out of the statue. And you're going to roll sanity for me. (laughs) So I got a 96 over 63. Well, that's maybe not so good for Rose. Um, So, Rose, your sanity is... 63. Now nine points less. And you're going to make me an intelligence roll. 78 over 75. Well, that that's good that you want to fail that. Fantastic. I'll, I'll be with you in, in just a moment. So the second floor of the museum is shook with the terrifying roar of something that sounds like a mountain lion. As Dion and Max turn back towards that main gallery area. Henrietta, you're in the room having tried to help. Um, so you you and your two fellow perpetrators hear that sound. For your part, Rose, there is no scream that can pass through your lips. Your breath simply is not there. Your lungs refuse to function because your entire attention is torn to this creature, transfixed, All that works are your eyes, and you wish deep in your heart they wouldn't. And so that is where I'm going to end the episode for this evening. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Horror on the Arctic's Best as we experience a wonderful detour in Milan. We will check back next week with our perpetrators and see how they fare. Thank you, and good night.